Hey, welcome everybody. Martinis with Scott. <clears throat> what are our chief restructuring officers, CROs, and and what are they good for? That's what we're going to discuss today. Calm down on the music here. <clears throat> Episode 21 of Martinis with Scott, if you can believe it. 21 episodes plus a few quick shots. I shot two of them uh, just now. In fact, so you'll look for a quick shot probably out next Tuesday. And then the, the week after that, I discussed uh, tangible net worth uh, definition and pre-money, post-money valuations. The uh, Martinez with Scott is an in-depth conversation. In-depth conversation about winning a business is targeted towards, um, towards entrepreneurs, business owners, uh, managers, um, intended to help you win, uh, discussing various topics. Coming at you today live from... Beautiful, fertile British Columbia um, at the Lizard Creek Lodge. Uh, I took the angle today of uh, renting a room and hope that I get quiet and stable internet, which has been a terrible problem out here. Hopefully, in about a month, I'll have my own studio. Um, but <clears throat> so far, it's makeshift, and uh, I hope that the quality here um, is good and continues to, to be so. Martinez with Scott, it's been a great week. Um, have a toast. As for me, since I don't have a bartender, uh, today I'm just drinking uh, Fernie Distillery's uh, vodka. This is the best stuff on earth. Uh, I love that vodka. If you ever get a chance, they don't actually uh, ship it. Um, so you have to be here or maybe you can reach out to me and I'll bring some home in my suitcase for you. Remember to subscribe on uh, YouTube, the Martinis with Scott channel. Uh, go hit the subscribe button um, or on um the podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, again, search for Martinez with Scott and hit subscribe. So today we're talking about uh, what is a CRO, a Chief Restructuring Officer, um, and uh, and then we're going to get into sort of the uh, the the why would you have one? What are these people? Who do you? Who are they? And how do you hire them? That type of discussion. I don't think we'll be too long today. Let's see how it goes. <clears throat> um, so a CRO. Um, is someone that, in generally speaking, is someone that can, can come into your business, help affect a turnaround of that business and or restructuring. And here's where we get into our first complication. When we talk about restructuring, most people think of, uh, certainly the professionals that I associate with, think about um, an, a balance sheet restructuring, a formal insolvency process, something along those lines. And that's not necessarily what this means. This just could be a turnaround an operational turnaround uh, with a balance sheet that's left alone isn't fine. But a, a CRO, someone that comes in, affects the turnaround and or restructuring, is there in your company for a limited period of time and then leaves. I don't want to get too on that. It's a, it is a misused term uh, both in the U.S. and in Canada. If you're talking to an insolvency professional, uh, a CRO is somebody who has been appointed by the company but that often is blessed by the courts in an insolvency process, um, and that has protection via court order of uh, you know for liabilities and whatever. But you know, often uh, non-lawyers when they talk about CR are not CROs are not talking about that. They're talking about a turnaround professional, um, somebody who can just drop into the company, become an officer, not become an officer, whatever the case may be, on a deal by deal basis, and and affect the turnaround. So. 
I'm going to use the word CRO because I'm sitting in Canada as we speak, and it's a very common term here. We don't use turnaround professionals very often in terms of the language, I mean, of turnaround. Um, so, But when I say CRO, it could be a legitimate chief restructuring officer. It could be a turnaround professional. It could be an interim executive with the same sort of task. It could be a made-up term. I'm, I'm right now, as we speak, the chief transformation officer of a company, and I have a second engagement letter out to be a chief transformation officer, you know, transforming the company from here to there, as opposed to an insolvency, as opposed to a restructuring. So let's not get hung up on terms. So in general, what does the CRO do? Um, this is a neutral outside party. Um, if you have to negotiate with stakeholders like a bank um, or, or shareholders or unsecured creditors, to have a neutral outside party that can take on those discussions and someone that is generally qualified and understanding of uh, insolvency and restructuring processes. Uh, someone who can identify a turnaround plan that is both optimi optimistic but also realistic and whether that just be a pure turnaround um, and continue on with the business or sale the business through a 363 or some other process um, in the U.S., a liquidation of the business um, or somewhere in between those options. Um, so, you know, you can have a turnaround, you can have a refi, you can have a sale, um, you can have a liquidation um, and a bunch of nuances in between. So your, your turnaround advisor, your CRO should help you make that decision. Um, and then they should act as the intermediary between the company and the stakeholders, uh, both internal and external Right? You have to convince your employees, you have to convince your bank, you have to convince your uh, unsecured creditors of whatever the plan is, and your CRO ought to be doing that. And then they ought to be running the process um, and make it as smooth as possible. Okay, So I'm going to walk you through some points of interest in our typical engagement letter for a CRO. And this will give you some insight as to what a CRO is and what they do for a company. So the first one, the bullet point would be to develop a plan for the restructuring of the business and assets. And again, as I just discussed, restructuring doesn't necessarily mean a balance sheet restructuring. When we refer to an operational turnaround, we're also referring to uh, from a legal definition perspective within this engagement letter, that's also restructuring. So whatever the plan is, um, uh, the CRO helps to come up and develop that plan. Um, managing and directing all presentations and negotiations with creditors, suppliers, stakeholders, potential purchasers, investors, and any other interested parties um, that are necessary or desirable, desirable for the restructuring. In other words, to implement that plan. Uh, manage and direct and implement uh, the plan itself, um, including all necessary desirable arrangements um, <clears throat> with lenders, creditors, stakeholders. So you, not only are you negotiating, but you're causing the company to enter into whatever contracts, um, uh, discussions, agreements, uh, handshakes, whatever, to implement that plan. Um, leading all communications in general. Um, so often, uh, certainly in larger companies, uh, you would you would have a press element to this. Um, so you want to uh, have a CRO that is persuasive, under, understands how to craft a message. Um, unlike some of, um, <clears throat> we did two examples on Martinis with Scott 
in August and maybe early. No, I think they were both in August. Um, how not to do that with CanTrust. You can go back and look up that show um, and how to do it with Afria. And you can go back up and look those show, look up that show as two glaring examples of what not to do and what you could do um, and how a CRO ought to be used um, in those instances. Or uh, they did not have CROs. They had um, interim CEO kind of the same manual. Uh, what else do we have here? Manage all processes, um, establish the work plan, report to the board, um, or the special committee set up to deal with whatever issue you're dealing with, um, coordinate with the CEO and other management. So here we get into roles and responsibilities, which is always a big deal. You say, okay, well, I brought a CRO to my business. Is this is this person now running business for me? Or does this, what is the authority of the CEO anymore? And, and the answer is it's whatever you negotiate and put into your contract if you're a CRO, you should not do the job if you don't have the authority to turn around uh, the business, uh, to make decisions and implement um, what you need to implement to be effective. Um, I've made that mistake in the past where I allowed myself to get into a situation where we didn't have the authority, and um, it, it's not good, right? <clears throat> if, if the existing management team was already turning around the business, they wouldn't need a CRO. You need a CRO that has some authority. On the other hand, you don't want to take the CEO and the VPs and the management team away from the day-to-day -day operations of going to make money. You want to relieve them of the stresses of the turnaround plan, and you want to execute on the turnaround plan um, in coordination. And so you need to sort out what those roles and responsibilities are. Uh, CRO would be preparing uh, uh, financial models and cash flows. The last show we did with uh, Olga, who did a great job, uh, she talked about 13-week cash flows. And she talked about uh, rolling financial models. So the CRO would be responsible for those. And you can go to the Sinclair Range website at SinclairRange.com. And you'll actually see uh, there's templates on the posting related to that uh, Martinis with Scott show. And you can see what those models are. Um, and together, you know, you help existing management with uh, existing operational decisions and make sure they're in line with the turnaround plan and anything else uh, that you may need to deal with as a CRO that comes up from time to time. And of course, if you have a formal insolvency, if you have a chapter you know, 11 or chapter whatever in the US, and if you have a, a CCAA or a, a notice of intent to file a, a proposal under the BIA in Canada, um, the turnaround professional, the interim executive, the CRO um, would, would hopefully walk the company through the day-to-days of that process uh, because it's a lot of work you need a lot of understanding. You need to wear, there's a lot of strategy discussion, right? And so you as a business owner, as a manager, this is not your day-to-day. -day. It is the CRO's day-to-day -day with the help of legal counsel. And so that would be another part of that mandate. Um, okay, so why do you need a CRO? That's what a CRO is. Hopefully we all understand that. Why do you need one? Well, this comes back to the, um, we've been doing a 10-part series uh, with Olga on how to finance a troubled company, which mirrors to some extent off the uh, the Sinclair Range Protocol for turning around a troubled company, which I don't think we've covered in depth, but we will at some point go through that. But the bottom line is you're in trouble. You're in financial trouble, uh, you know, both maybe from a, you've run out of money, so you've got a balance sheet issue um, and you need to restructure. You've run out of valuation for all the, you know, all the stakeholders that you might have, but also on an operational basis. 
um, or maybe instead on an operational basis. In other words, you're just losing money. You still have money you can lose, but you're losing money and you need to stop that. And so you've admitted to yourself in trouble that you're in trouble and you need to make change, right? Because what you're doing isn't working. It's the, the definition of insanity. And so you want to make change. For, so for you, for the business owner, you're getting help to turn around the business. And also you're building credibility with stakeholders. You're going to your bank, you're going to your lenders, you're going to your employees, you're saying, we need help. We need to get from here to there through this transition. And for that short period of time, whether that be three months or a year or whatever it is, we've hired this interim executive, this CRO, to get us from here to there. And that is an admission that builds credibility with these stakeholders, which often they need to see, right? To so think about your own employees, they need to see that you're making changes uh, to get things to work. From a, from a stakeholder's perspective, let's think about a bank. Think about a bank. Um, they're looking for an external professional who will go in and understand the need to stop losing cash today. Not to plan to have a plan, which was the CanTrust show, um, but to actually do it now, stop losing money. Um, someone who is capable of affecting change, someone who could support a restructuring process should there be a formal insolvency restructuring process, someone who is geared towards uh, you know, getting through the you're looking the bank's looking for an independent party because they're most likely to be honest uh, and truthful about the financial health of the company. This is a really important point. So, if you're a banker, if you take yourself out of your business ownership position for a minute and consider yourself a banker, um, and you put that hat on, well, well, what do you need to do? Your your very first fundamental decision is: uh, Do I want to support this company? Right? Do I trust them? Do I want to support them or do I want to liquidate them? And if you want to support them, then you get into, are they capable and do I trust them? And if you bring in an independent third party to help with that discussion, it brings a ton of credibility and the bank believes that they're not being lied to or because that turnaround professional, if they were to lie to the bank, well, they would, they would never work again. So <clears throat> there's a lot more certainly in that industry. So there's a lot more uh, credibility than there is with the direct uh, a borrower who has personal guarantees and all, all those sorts of pressures uh, to try and spin a tail uh, of positivity that maybe doesn't exist. So from the bank's perspective, um, that would be a reason to have a CRO. Okay, when? We've covered what they are, why you would want one, when would you get one? I, I get this question all the time. Obviously, the answer is as early as possible. Do you want to be forced into having a CRO or an interim executive by the bank? Or do you want to proactively go to them and say, hey, we made some changes and and um, we brought in this specialist to help us get through this trouble and, you know, so work with us, right? That's a that's a great message instead of being having this forced upon you. <clears throat> Here's something that we deal with all the time. In terms of timing is the company says to itself well and it says to me or it says to another cro hey we <clears throat> we we need a cro we need someone to help us turn this around well we have these eight things that we want to get through first because maybe they're going to save the company right someone's going to buy us and we had someone else come to us and they said they want to buy us someone over here said we need some finance you know that could provide some bridge financing and so there's there's always 100 percent of the time there's a reason to wait until you flush out the next deal. And my question to you is why? What value is there in waiting 
rather than bringing in a professional whose job it is, is to do these sorts of transactions, to run a process to protect you and to protect the value of the shareholder. What is the mindset where you say to yourself, I'm just going to exhaust every single possibility I can think of, and when I fail on every single possibility I can think of, then I'm going to go to the CRO and say, okay, over to you, work your magic, right? <laughs> I can tell you that doesn't work very well. As soon as you possibly can bring in the advisor, you don't need to commit full-time right away, right? You can bring in a CRO as an advisor to the board on a limited engagement. You could bring them in on a limited engagement for a limited amount of money as an advisor to the CEO in the short term. You don't need to go from zero to handing over the reins to a CRO, right? If you're doing it early, you can just move into this slowly and start getting professional advice and get yourself into a position. But to wait for a bunch of possibilities doesn't make any sense. If you think about it, you've already been working through a bunch of possibilities for the last year as well. None of them closed either. So what's going to change now? You need to ask yourself that question. Who? <clears throat> Who is a CRO? In selecting your CRO, what are you looking for? And there's, you know, depends on your market, depends on your industry. There's a bunch of different, um, there's a bunch of different things that you might be looking for. I mean, the typical answer here would be to look at the tool set of what a CRO needs. They need integrity, they need vision, they need persuasion, they need to be able to negotiate. They need to be able to make rapid decisions. Like right now, you can't track things. You can't do a bunch of testing. You need to make a decision right now because the only wrong decision is no decision. Uh, they need to be nimble. They need to use A-B testing. Uh, and the idea here is everybody thinks that a, uh, that a CRO or uh, someone who's successful in these sorts of high-pressure situations you know, is experienced and always has the right answer. Well, that's not true at all. They come up with a hypothesis. And they go with it. And then tomorrow, if it's not working, they change. They test it. They A-B test. That didn't work. Let's try this. That didn't work. Let's try this. Oh, look, at this is getting us a bit further down the path, right? That's the trick to this. It's not to be the smartest guy in the room. It's to be the most aggressive, quickest, and relatively bright, um, and not to have an ego to think uh, sufficient that's going to hamper you from changing. Zero to have financial acumen, and they have to have legal acumen. So that's a pretty unique skill set. Um, and I would I would throw into this for the Canadian market, CROs should not be an advisor, right? They need to get in. They need to act as principal. They need to make decisions. As I always say in our marketing materials when I'm talking to prospective clients, you know, sitting sitting in a, a tower in Bay Street or Wall Street or in Midtown, sitting in a tower and cranking out a spreadsheet isn't going to help. That's not what needs to be done. What needs to be done is to get in and help this management team perform. <coughs> Um, so let's talk about the different types of CROs, and this is a this is a entirely my thinking. I haven't found this in any materials uh, anywhere, <clears throat> but this is my experience because there's continuums of turnarounds, right? So you get to do like really insolvent bankruptcy type turnarounds to you know we're, we're making money, but we're not making enough money kind of turnaround, an operational efficiency issue, right? And everywhere in between. And it takes a different CRO, a different turnaround advisor, uh, to perform in those situations. So uh, different types of, of CROs. The turnaround CRO, this is somebody who um, has vision, um, who is looking to change culture, who's looking to have a company start making money, um, and is a true turnaround person as opposed to a restructuring professional. And um, that is uh, distinguished from the other 
sort of four types that we're going to talk about in a second here. We have what we I call the uh, number two being the exit CRO, which is the same as the turnaround CRO, except the goal is to sell this company uh, really quickly. So it's it's everything is the same, but in but in hyperspeed. You're looking to sell this business in two, three, four months, and it's rather than making substantial long-term improvements, you're keeping your fingers in the dike. That would be an exit CRO. Uh, <clears throat> the restructuring CRO, companies in an insolvency process, and the primary goal of the CRO is to walk the company uh, through that process and understand the insolvency side of this, whereas, of course, the existing management team does not. Uh, fourth would be the um, our guy inside CRO. So this is when the bank um, pushes a CRO upon you. They say that they will support the company if, in fact, uh, you bring in a CRO, when really what they're looking for is not positive change. They're looking to have a spy. They're looking to have an our guy inside the company and they create a divide between the goals of management and the goals of the external stakeholder, in this case being the bank. And fifth would be the consultant CRO. And in a Canadian context, a little bit less in the US, but still the same. Think about an accounting firm, a law firm, someone who's not willing to take any risk or move into this thing. And they're there to consult you and tell you what to do, um, which in my experience is never is never really helpful because because you're not affecting change. If management, my experience in troubled companies is <clears throat> I've never once walked into a company where everybody already didn't know what was wrong. It's never a mystery. Everybody knows what's wrong. They're not making the changes. They're not making the changes because they don't believe it can be done, uh, because they don't know how to make the change, um, because they're ineffective at corporate change, because they have their own baggage and and emotional ties to the decisions of the past, whatever it is, they're not making the change. But it's never a secret what the change has to be. Everybody already knows this. This is not brain surgery. So being a consultant, telling them what they already know, how is that going to make any difference to the welfare of this company? It's really not. Here's what not to look for when you're looking for a CRO. I think there's way too much focus on uh, in Canada, for sure, on the restructuring CRO, on the bank saying, yeah, we want our guy inside. Um, and that's really important to me. I think there's an over uh, focus on industry experience. This CRO is rarely about understanding the industry better than a management team. It's about changing culture, um, affecting change, negotiating with stakeholders. It has nothing to do with the industry. People that are looking for uh, an industry-specific CRO <laughs> are doing so because they don't really understand the issues associated with that specific troubled company. And it's a fallback position. That, that's my experience with it. Um, don't don't avoid distinguishing your CRO uh, based on the company itself. You know, large company, small company, mid-sized company, public versus private. Um, all of those things impact who your CRO should be. Look for you hire a Sinclair range. I should have told you at the beginning, by the way. You don't even need to listen to this uh, show. You could, you know, the answer is to hire us, <clears throat> but uh, to hire me. But when you do so. You get a firm, you get Olga, you get the analyst support, you get the database support. Uh, we have senior advisors with specific different experiences that we can draw upon. Um, you get the role of a firm to support you um, as opposed to one individual. And if you look at all the different things that a CRO has to do, which we discussed in this, uh, in this show already, you can see that it'd be pretty hard to find one person that can do all of that. Um, 
And don't fail to understand when you're choosing your CRO, the divide that exists between management and a professional such as an accountant or a lawyer. They're just not the same beast. The accountant and lawyer is going to tell you that they can do this job. They can advise you. You can do the turnaround. They don't understand what you're going through. They just flat out don't understand the pressures and the stress and the the responsibility that you have to feed all those mouths. That's a big deal that they don't have to deal with. They don't understand it. So <clears throat> when you're looking at a CRO, consider all of those things before you make your selection. How do you hire a CRO? It's an engagement letter. I walked you some, through some of the bullet points of mine. Um, uh, CRO should be working for the debtor. They should be working for you, the business owner. They should not be working for the bank. Um, they should have their responsibilities to you, um, to the debtor. Um, they work for the company. That's really important. Don't agree to anything else ever. So in closing, um, that is what a CRO is. We've got a really short show today, 25 minutes. Look at that. I like it. Uh, that's what a CRO is. Don't get hung up, on the hung up on the definition. Understand why you need a CRO, turnaround professional, interim executive. Find the right one. Uh, be proactive about it. Get them in sooner rather than later. And the odds of you getting through your turnaround, your transition, go up dramatically. That's it. Thank you for joining me on Martinis with Scott. Um, you want to reach us, reach out to Ashley at uh, SinclairRange.com. You can find us on the website there, um, or you can provide a comment on the YouTube channel. We'll uh, follow that. Please remember to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Hope you had a great week. Bye for now.